Hello and a very warm welcome to the Bitcoin Effect, your business podcast. Today again with my co-host Peter. Hi Martin. And we have two guests. We have Luca Infold and Timo Steipe from Munich International Mining. Hello T Luca, hello Timo. Yeah, hello Martin, hello Peter. Thank you so much to having us. Um, we are very happy to be here today and talk about our business, especially mining, Bitcoin mining. Thank you. Very good. Yes, thank you very much for inviting us. My name is Timo and yes, let's get right into it, right? For German speaking English, let's go. What can go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> What can go wrong? Yeah, we, we, we start to, to cultivate the, the typical Teutonic accent. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty strong. Yeah, we can. Yeah, Munich Manning. We could. Uh, we could uh, apply a Bavarian accent, for example, if you like. So. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be. No, that's a good idea. Or an Austrian one. Actually, I'm from Austria, from Vienna. Ah, so I moved yeah. to Germany a long time ago, and people don't don't even know. Ah, okay, um, yeah, now, that's also German. nice, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit more. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. Anyhow. I, I just take over, Martin. Sorry, uh, so sorry, guys. I'm really pleased to have you. We 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 have already we have already had some people from uh, in, in the area of mining business. What we don't know uh, from you is what is exactly your business. How did you came to the idea of uh, starting a business in the in the field of Bitcoin mining? How how did everything started? And what do you want to say up or tell us up front? What is Munich Mining International Munich International Mining all about? Okay, I will I will start with it, yes. and it's a, it's a very very good question because it was a long way to get there, and I will uh, make it very short. First of all, what is Munich International Mining? Munich International Mining is a traditional mining company. We mine Bitcoin, right? And the second thing we do is we mine or we also host miners from customers. That means in our facilities. Our mining facilities all around the world. We have a huge part our miners, and another huge part is customer miners. And our business model is pretty easy, right? Buy cheap electricity and mine as much Bitcoin as we can. Mm -hmm. True. <laughs> okay. So, so you do your own basic mining business means that you're 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 seeking for cheap uh, sources of electricity, uh, invest in mining machines connect them probably to a mining pool or doing solo mining, whatever so, and then offer security and trust uh, to the Bitcoin network for getting block subsidy and uh, transaction fees uh, as a revenue stream. Is it basically that or is there something is there something more to it? It's absolutely that. It's it's pretty it's it's that, yeah. <laughs> that's that's it. We have another revenue stream which is like the, the hosting part of our company, but in the end this is also like just mining in the end. And what we do there is get miners of our customers. They say, for example, you are from Germany, right? You know what the prices are in Germany. We're talking about I don't know, like thirty cents, forty cents upwards per kilowatt hour. Mm. And but for for a Bitcoin miner you need much less, right? We're talking about less than eight cents and and more. So we go to the places, buy the cheap electricity, and mine Bitcoin, and then we put in the mines for our customers. And why are we doing that? Because we are in symbiosis, right? Because if we miners are expensive and we don't have so much money to to spend millions and millions and millions, mm. but um, we need let's say basically millions yeah. so we can get the really really cheap prices and have some scaling effects right if we have like um, the infrastructure for let's say 1000 miners costs the same as the infrastructure for uh, let's say 500 miners 
So we, we share the costs and everybody's happy in the end because costs going down for everyone, for our customers and for ourselves. Yes, and, and people like are asking me all the time, so, hey, Luca, why are you providing hosting services for other customers? And why don't you do it by your own? Mm -hmm. This is a very good and also a very funny question because, um, like Timo said, we need like a bunch of money for providing all the, the electricity with miners. So at the end, our business model also developed in this case. We have, for example, a, a slot like we have a bunch of energy, let's say, for one megawatt. Okay, And for one megawatt, you can actually fill it with like roughly 250 to 320 miners. It depends on the, on the model. So at the end, we don't have like hundreds, hundred miners we can purchase easily. So we have, we, we buy miners for, for, for us, for Munich International Mining, also to pay the people, of course, working with us together, like for our company. And at the end, we have 200 spots left. So we don't, I don't sit on $1 million or something to, to buy miners for it. So we figured out to host other people, to host other people, other people's miner. And so we get this facility full. And this is very important for us because first we get cheaper electricity price, like Timo said. And on the other hand, it's not possible, like people, if you go, uh, if, if you're at home and you plug in a, a computer and then you are always paying for the electricity you need like you're consuming. But in the mining business, it's a super high barrier of entry. So if we want to have one megawatt, they say, okay, but I, if you plug in today, I want to pay you tomorrow. So we need to, to get many miners first, like orders to fill a whole megawatt, you know, mm. or two megawatts or five megawatts. So it's not possible like to put like one machine and consume three kilowatts and three more and three more. So it has to be Hardly calculated, and really, it's a tough business at this point. So you have, you have basically you have multiple levels of what you're doing as a mining company. One is the the mining for yourself. The second is you're hosting other people's mining, and for them there is a lot around this hosting offer. So it's kind of mining as a service. It's their machines, but you provide the hosting, and you kind of take the finding of new cheap energy sources all together but you only can find them if you have enough miners so getting to a critical mass and allows you to have the scaling effects to really go into profitable mining which and that is what you said you couldn't do on your own the entry barrier is high which is interesting because other people that we talked to said the entry barrier to mining is super low, which is kind wow. of confusing. Is it high? Is it low? So, or is it only under certain circumstances a high barrier to start with mining? That's a very, very good question. And I know where people come from to say it's an um, easy entry. It's an easy entry if you have one machine or it's an easy entry if you go to a company like ours. Like, for example, if you want to start mining today, you can, right? You can buy a miner from us and we plug it in and you start mining. You're basically mining. but First of all, somebody, whoever it is, needed to figure out um, where to mine. If you, if you were to put in a transformer, you need to um, put up transformers. It's expensive, right? You need to um, plan the, the cooling system. And in the countries you're going to, you need reliable partners, right? You don't want to get to, to scammers. But unfortunately, there are a lot of scammers right out there because, of, I mean, it's, it's like a machine is a lot of money. And in the, in the tops of the market, one machine was 15,000 euros. So that attracts thieves pretty easily because like a miner is like this. Like imagine stealing 15,000 like this. 
and going away. So they, it's for everybody just listening. A miner is not is not big, right? Um, you're talking about a normal sized desktop PC, and this is fifteen thousand on the tops of the market. So you need to figure out a lot regarding security, electrical infrastructure, cooling systems, also um, like the yeah the operations. And this is very hard to do on a, on, a, on a large scale. It's easy if you have one machine. If you just put in one machine at your home, plug it in, and well, you're basically set, ready set and can go. So it's. I mean, uh, Martin, the mining. We are not mining. The machine is mining, right? So um, <laughs> of course, mining is very simple. Our business is like providing thousands of machines a environment where where every single machine is working on its highest efficiency and if you if you build a data center for miners i mean even building a warehouse even building uh, even even building a small building is not is not easy so uh, the infrastructure and stuff like that i mean i would like to to talk to the people who think mining is easy so 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 let us dive a little bit deeper into it to understand what, what's your daily business what what are you doing the whole day long you're just watching your machines doing all the work <laughs> <laughs> or you're traveling around uh, seeking for cheap energy sources dealing contracts with uh, transformer production companies whatever dealing with governments or whatever what's 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 a typical business day look like in in your life i think timo's uh, daily routine is a bit more exciting than mine yeah it depends a little bit like our operator or our whole company has of course different departments like if you have, we have the mining department, which basically did what you say, right? They watch the miners that they mine, and if there's something wrong, they repair it and they test it. They improve efficiency. They um, they they look um, if everybody or every machine runs and everything is smooth, right? Mm -hmm. This is let's say the boring part. But the way to go there, this is the interesting part, and what's happened afterwards is also very interesting. And this is also our daily life, or mainly the daily life of me. And Kai, Kai is um, the third founder. We are going to the places in the world and negotiating contracts, buying land, building um, the, the warehouses, installing the, the cooling, the transformers, negotiating with governments, negotiating with energy providers in some countries, even um, negotiating with, let's say, the, the ruler of the town. <laughs> it's, um, it's not like in, like the major of the town, it's just the ruler of the town, let's say. Yeah. Um, in, in most of the countries, by the way, there is something like that um, where you also have to, let's say, donate to the, to the town where you are or employ people so you can make business there. And this is very different in every country. So you own the land where, where, you, uh, where you install your facilities uh, in, in some cases or, or, or you're just lending or, or hiring and renting it? Or... Yes, so for the, for the background, we have facilities in different countries. We started our first Munich mining facility in Georgia. Then we have some in the United Arab Emirates and in, in Latin America and in the US and every and everywhere it looks a little bit different. In some cases you can own the land, in some you, you lease the land, in others um, you make joint ventures with other partners to, um, to do something together because it's easier if you have like good partners on the ground. So it depends. Yeah, yeah there are like exactly there are different opportunities like joint ventures and stuff, partnerships because you want to split the risk, obviously. Because if you if you own the land in a country where you're not native speaker or native um, a guy, and with the bureaucracy, with the with the people there, you don't know the mentality and stuff. So this is too risky. So you share 
um, and you share the risk or split the risk also to, to get reliable partners in the countries, for example, in Paraguay with Paraguayan people, in, in US with US people and stuff. And in addition, uh, we also do a due diligence, right? And this is also huge entry barrier because you have to visit the people you have to visit the farm you have to check out how they're working and if they're reliable and in our business especially in the mining business people don't like and don't like to disclose all their like the pricings the purchase pricing the ppas the, the partners so it's a super not shady but it's it's a it's it's um, a filigran situation you know, so we, you need to have a due diligence where you can say to 100%, okay, we work in this country with these people on these terms of conditions. But on the other side, it's very hard to get real information. So entry barriers for a huge mining in, in foreign countries as a foreigner is definitely not low. Let me um, put in one more thing to that. That what that means is if you want to mine, for example, you read today, okay, there's cheap mining in Paraguay. You need to go there. That means we travel there and we live there, right? We live there for months and months. We have some starting points where we do investigations, where to get the partners, where to get the electricity. But we go in the country, we land there, we book a hotel for three nights, and then we start from there and investigate everything, every aspect of it. And this is what we did in every country. We lived there and we, let's say, um, we really played, played the game through the end. And this is what you need to do. It's not easy. But, but how did you start? How did you start with your first facility in Georgia? How did you start? Yeah, well, I'd like to go even a bit more further uh, back in, in, in the past. Like, how was it? Well, exactly what, what Martin asked. But how did you came there? Did you woke up one morning and said, hey, Good point. it's just here, a heap of money under, under, my, under my pillow. And I always had the idea to start a Bitcoin mining business. And I have a cheat sheet. How it works. Let's go to Georgia. Was it like that, or what? What what happened before that? There's a chrono issue, chronological that, that, that order how it went. It was Timo, Luca, Kai. I mean, how do you <laughs> how do you came up with the idea? How do you met each other? How how came the idea of uh, starting a Bitcoin mining yes. business? I will answer the question because I was the the, the first one into the space, and um, I will take uh, Luca will take over then when he came into into play and Kai. So I discovered Bitcoin in two thousand end of two thousand thirteen. And beginning of 2014, and yeah, I was in that time also um, like in the yeah in the the online programming area. I was in a lot of forums and read about it there. And then I wanted to own some, and I didn't know how, right? And th what I did then was go to the website, rest in peace, local bitcoins, one of my first sites where where I bought Bitcoin, and you could meet somebody in Munich, for example, in my case, and buy Bitcoin with cash, right? And then I went there, met a guy. In a in an Burger King, he was like, I was expecting, I don't know some, I don't know why, but I expected a gangster somehow. I don't know why. But it was like a, a nerd like, like myself at that time, right? And he explained a lot about Bitcoin. And I bought um, for 50 euros um, some Bitcoin there um, from him and then went back home and started then also registering on local Bitcoins because after I got the 50 euros in Bitcoin, I realized it's only 40 euros in Bitcoin, right? So he had a markup on it, yes. And I did the same. And in local Bitcoins, people can buy Bitcoin. You can say how much it is and they take it or, or not. And um, the spread was like 5 to 10%. Mm. And um, this was like a nice um, side income for every, every day to make like 100 euros or something and just buy 
meeting a, a nice person, talking to them and um, doing a transaction was, was very nice. But I came into a problem that I didn't have enough Bitcoin anymore, right? I, I bought them from, um, at that time, Kraken. Was it Kraken? I don't know. Kraken, it was yeah. Bitstamp and it was Bitcoin point DE. Uh, but I, I, I came to limits, right? I, I couldn't do any more because it was, it was very fast that you have a high volume. And I was thinking, yeah, okay, I should mine it myself. Well, why, why even bother um, with buying it, mining it myself? And then that was when I... This was already a little later. It was 2016, and um, when I built my first mining farm, and um, at the end of 2016, with a, with a partner in Switzerland, this, I did one more mining farm before that. But this was like an on an um, like somebody contracted me to buy to build a mining farm. I had no idea about it, but worked pretty fine. And then I made my own one in the end of 2016, 2017 in Switzerland at that time, and but. And that was also the time where the Bitcoin price was like rising like crazy and everybody got greedy and I got greedy myself and mm. over leveraged, let's say. I, I took out loans and, and stuff like that. And in the end, when the bear market came, I wasn't prepared for it and everything um, went down and everything uh, went to zero, right? And I, I lost basically the whole farm. I had to sell everything. And had some remains left in my in, in that exact room where I'm sitting right now. Everywhere here, there were everywhere um, these uh, these mining rigs. And at that time, and or first thing, this was also a reminder for for Munich International Mining to prepare for the bear market, to build a company that's always hmm. surviving in the bear market. And that's why in the current um, we have current bear market or let's say bear market, we have no problems at all, no loans. We have to pay no problems at all because with that knowledge. But then when I had all the remain remainders of the mining farm in that room here, this was when, when Luca came into yeah in, into the mining sphere and into my life, let's say. Timo, Kai and myself, we know each other from a consulting company for ERP systems, like um, um, some IT backgrounds. And yeah, we were on projects and became friends and stuff. And I was like, it was, I think I bought my first Bitcoins, I think to 16 or something. And uh, to 17, to 16, to 17. And um, of course, uh, bull market, low, everything through, uh, went through it. And uh, yeah, and before the next bull market, it was to 20, I think. I came to Timo because I, I, I knew that he was into mining and like a nerd and programmer and stuff. So I was like, and Timo, I'm, I'm so unhappy to buy Bitcoin that expensive. Yeah. So it was like I, I considered mining for me because I thought mining is much more cheaper. I get I get it much more cheaper than uh, than buying uh, bitcoins at that time because I also knew price the prices before, right? And Timo also told me about that. So so I was like, okay, Timo, um, I, I I heard you told me that you're a miner, and can I can I buy your rigs from you? <laughs> it was a kind of one question. Until that moment, Timo, was it just a side business or did you made already a living of it? Um, it was a side business. Then I made a living of it. And then it was side <laughs> business. <laughs> like in the, in the bull market, it was if, yeah. um, like full time. And then when it, like I, when the bear market hit, I like, let's say I extended the, the way until I, uh, I needed to close the farm for like one year. Hmm. And then it was, of course, a side business because it was just um, break even. And by the way, this is also somebody I something I tell a lot of people. At that time, I bought all the electricity with cash. I didn't sell any Bitcoin, nothing, right? I uh, it was not profitable or it was break even, but I kept all the Bitcoin. I kept everything. I was working also at the consulting company Lucas talking about. I was working to pay the electricity bills. Hmm. So at that time, it was 
then but what was your, your your initial motivation i mean you said you were just playing around you've been some kind of as a, as a nerd for example but then you came to the point where you said you need more bitcoin you need more bitcoin why because you thought you could get rich quick with it or what was the motivation behind that why did you get so greedy then Uh, yes, um, yes, of course, I got greedy because I, I the first bull market hit right pretty heavily. So mm. the the motivation in the beginning was to make money. It was simply to make money. Yeah, to and in the later because it's easy, right? You make money. I make money every day. It was fine. I could spend it on things. And um, later, when the Bitcoin was was crashing, or let's go, let's like following the normal cycle, and. This was the time where I was really thinking about Bitcoin because the, the motivation needed to be something else, right? It was, I, I, there was no need for me to, to dive deep into, into Bitcoin because I made money and this was the motivation in the beginning. So I didn't care, right? I could uh, have a big car, I could uh, have everything, go to the club, spend all the money, you know, because that went right, uh, yeah, like it was, but later I needed motivation why I do it. And then I needed to go into Bitcoin um, a lot more. And now after that time, I'm going to my 10th Bitcoin year, by the way. So just so it's like most of the, my professional working time um, was with Bitcoin or it was on the side with Bitcoin, right? Or, or my professional year, no matter where I worked. Mm. And then I got into deeper what Bitcoin is. And now I'm a Bitcoin miner that's, of course, mining also for profits because we need to pay um, our employees, we need to pay the, the electricity bill and everything. But um, the motivation about securing the network and what it really is, is a lot higher than in the beginning, like in 2014, 6 uh, to, to, to 17. That's an interesting shift because what I see when I talk to people that just started their business, there are kind of three types. One of them is in for the money. And then at some point they realize just being in for the money doesn't take you beyond maybe twice what you get got as a salary in your previous job because at that time you're like compared to your before entrepreneurial life sufficiently rich that you don't care about the money sufficiently to carry you through the business those that just say i want it for my values and my motivation and i just want to improve the world and kind of neglect the business side of it and then fail and are unhappy that the world is not sharing their ideals And then they're the ones that are kind of balanced that know that if you that you need to have some kind of goal and you need to make money with achieving that goal because otherwise it doesn't work anymore. So you have an interesting shift in that, uh, that you say, okay, you, you didn't go in for the money anymore. Yeah, um, not only for the money. Let's, let's, so the thing is, you can start a business and can say, I do it only for the money, right? But then you're slave to the money in the end. Because all the goals you, you reach, um, you measure it in, in what can you buy? Can you have a big car? Can you have a big house? And um, this will, in the end, lead 100% for you, even if you're hyper successful with it and make a lot of money, to be unhappy. Because there will always be somebody with, who has more and more and more. That means if you want to build um, a successful business, and I'm 100% um, behind this, you first of all, you need the passion for it. It needs to be a passion project, first of all. Right, you need to love doing it because you will end up with maybe a lot of money, but very unhappy. So you need something what makes you happy, and then you need to balance this with the financial incentive, so you can provide for yourself, for your family, and of course for the employees, for every everybody. Like you're um, in charge of making money, so you can pay them, and they can pay their their their, their um, families and and for their children everything. 
and you need the balance of both. And then, only then, you can be successful in something. But the first thing is 100% being passionate about something. So if people fail because they are too passionate and they like ignore the business side of things, I think even these people will be, they or they should take a partner with them who makes like the business side of things. But the passion is the most important thing. So these people who fail because they have, they don't think about the business side, they should take a partner with them who is in it for the money. Yeah. And then they will achieve great success, great success. So what's your motivation now? My motivation now, to be honest, to be so very, very basic human feeling, I guess, it's to be to feel lucky or happy, not lucky, to be, feel happy, right? To have like a something where you think you do something good. So for me, um, and, and I think I work on in, in a field which is like the future of the world and can change the future of the world. And while I do that, I can live from, from it. It's perfect, right? Because many Bitcoiners, you have to understand, many Bitcoiners, they just buy Bitcoin and they hodl it, right? They hodl it and then they hope for, for a better future that will come. But we don't know when it comes. It comes in five years, 10 years, one year, 100 years. You don't know. But you shouldn't have something in your life where you just have something and, and it's lying around and you just hope. You should, you should have more than hope and hard work, for example. And building a mining farm, like we said before, it's hard work. But then if you do the hard work, you can work in the Bitcoin field. And you don't need to hope anymore. You will make the money. Because Bitcoin, you know, the Bitcoin network, um, it's the only organical thing in the Bitcoin network to get money from. It's at the moment, people forget that. But in the moment, Bitcoin is inflationary, right? Until the, um, the last halving. Until then, Bitcoin will be distributed every 10 minutes. Mm. So the supply gets higher, higher, higher until we are at 21 million. So if you want to make money without taking it from somebody else, right, you can at the moment do that on the most organic level in Bitcoin by mining. Hmm. And yeah, and that's basically my motivation. Okay, there, there's something interesting. I, I just think about a an interview we just had before this one, not for the podcast, but with one of our clients working for a really huge uh, infrastructure company providing IT infrastructures and the communications and this person was 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 talking about that there are many concerns like about is it a good thing isn't bitcoin a bad thing and uh, why should we and what do we say and you Timo just told us that you are a strongly believer of that mining bitcoin is a good thing how could that be <laughs> <laughs> this is like like a very very um, philosophical question, right? And I wouldn't. I for me sometimes it's hard to get the feelings I have or the things I have into words. And most of the time, people, my I think they misunderstand me, right? If I say some things, but yeah, I think it's like mining Bitcoin and generally doing something for the Bitcoin ecoverse is and like for the, all the, the for the system, right? Um, and everything building around. Let's say you make YouTube videos, say you just go out and tell people about it or you buy Bitcoin is doing something for a good cause because we see the world a lot and we travel a lot. Also to countries in Africa, for example, in, in Latin America, where the world is different than ours. Like, And you see that the, the world is incredibly unfair. And that's also sometimes why I have a little bit of problem with the current Bitcoiner movement because they complain so much about their lives. And they don't realize how good their lives really are. They can complain, but you can do something about it. In these countries, you can't. You can't. 
or it's very, very, very hard to do because if you don't work that day at the at let's say a, a place where um, I don't know if you produce um, tables, wood tables, for example, if you don't work that day um, in Africa, for example, you don't have food that day, hmm. right? So and this is so unfair. This is so unfair, and Bitcoin can and change that. And I like that a lot because a lot of people in these countries they understand Bitcoin, they think about Bitcoin, and then they just naturally buy a little Bitcoin, even if it's five dollars, or they mine Bitcoin because the electricity is so cheap. So the the wealth of the world that is very un, 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 unfair at the moment we see, at least in the Bitcoin space, that these people who really have the need they they go into the Topic, they buy a little bit Bitcoin, not much, right? Very, very, some steps. But in the end, um, in the years to come from now, the, they get a lot more wealthier than they are today. Mm. And for example, like um, Bitcoin mining will never be a thing or, or never be a thing in Europe or in, in, in Germany. Let's say in Germany. It will be maybe in, in some niche. Yes, of course, if you take the heat or, or um, build something around it, then that can make sense. But this will always be a very slow uh, or small market. In these other countries where the people are traditionally, let's say, less fortunate and don't have so much money, they have the cheap electricity and they profit a lot. Like, for example, in Paraguay, what with the money that we pay there, what they build with it is insane. It's insane what this money can do in these countries. Hmm. And that's like a natural shift to, to, a, yeah, to a better world, even if just like a little, they make more money than they, or if, if the people there have, that money is always a, a bad word, like, They're not any more slave to to somebody paying them two dollars a day, you know. Yeah. What you say, I I think okay that that's probably for another podcast episode. Uh, I think okay, it's questionable if it's creating prosperity or it's taking away cheap sources of energy of uh, for whatever purposes. I, I but I wouldn't like to discuss it further here yet because I'd like to come to the point. How did you came then from that? situation where you have found Bitcoin mining as your path to get rid of more Bitcoin for, for less effort or for, for less money and met Luca, who had the same issue, also seeking how to get Bitcoin less for less euro, probably. He's from Austria using euro, basically, I think. <laughs> how did you came to the idea then of founding a company? How, how did you... When when did you came to that conclusion? What what happened then? Like to be honest, I founded a company like uh, earlier. Like it's not my first company, so I'm I'm a person Timo as well, by the way. And we had a company and we tried out before already. So uh, my character and my nature is that I try to to get a new project done and, and maybe founding and stuff. This is more or less what I, I really like. And when it comes to Bitcoin mining, actually, to be very honest, I had no clue about mining. So for me, it was roughly just, um, okay, I would like to have Bitcoin, but it's much too expensive for me. And I went to um, Timo and talked with him about it. And he was like, at this time, okay, it was kind of side business. He quit um, the mining more or less. And I was interested in his like rigs. And at the end, of course, um, Timo was very curious that um, I think uh, I was very interested in it. And at the same time, and this was very, very interesting, Kai emigrated, like, emigrated to Georgia. Like he moved out of Germany to start in Georgia a new business. And it had nothing to do with mining or Bitcoin or anything else. He had um, Bitcoin at that time. But Timo at this time, I mean, was kind of combinating 
Okay. He was like, okay, I know Luca and I know Kai from a consultancy and we work together very smoothly in projects. Luca is a kind of very good sales guy, operation, very strong. And this is actually the department and what I'm responsible of in Munich International Mining. Timo has a knowledge and knows Georgia's um, cheap electricity. And Kai is a good finance guy and is in Georgia right now. So he was like combinating. And then we had actually our first um, call somewhere in January, I think, where Timo Kai and myself, we had a meeting. And yeah, and it was also the time of Corona. So the business model of Kai didn't work out properly. So he was like, okay, this constellation, this team is quite well. Bitcoin mining is a very interesting thing. And this is actually where we started to really take it serious and talk about how to mine Bitcoin more profitable than somewhere else. And the solution was Georgia Tiflis. And this is where the story started, actually. So, so, yeah, this was the so, so walk us a little bit through this because Bitcoin mining, as far as I understood it by now, is like less of a, you put your miners there and just watch them work. It's more like a facility management, infra, infrastructure, computing center, data center, provisioning, business model so you're basically you're trying to find electricity space do all the regulations and you have have a lot of upfront investments to make before your mining farm can actually run because you're not starting one miner and then the next and then the next and then the next so how how did you start how did you get the money probably to get started let me add one thing timo before you start one one big thing martin is missing in your list i think We spent roughly 10, 20 or even more percent of our time in bureaucracy, logistics and import. Because mm. many people, especially customer who want to become customer and want to send miners, they're underestimating the uh, circumstances of importing and, and customs clearance. In I mean, in Germany, it's easy. And expensive, but um, how do you think is customs clearance in China, in UAE, in uh, Africa, in Africa, in different countries in Africa, not Africa at all, uh, in USA, in Paraguay, Argentina, Brazil? It's amazing. This is this is a so huge business, and also in Georgia, yeah. And this is where I think Timo starts. I, I remember we were in Prague at this mining dinner, and there was this guy who said uh, he started his mining farm in Kazakhstan, uh, and he now put all his miners into Kazakhstan, and he couldn't get them out on a profit through customs. And basically, he had all the equipment, yeah. and then the circumstances changed, and he couldn't get them out without losing more money than they've been worth, which was like a valid point. That's a that's a big issue. It is, it is. Yeah, that's why in the world, um, some of the biggest companies in the world that are not IT companies are logistics companies, right? Because mm. it's just, it's sorry to say it, but it's fucking hard to, to do that on a scale. And you get also abused by it. So there are like stories, for example, in Paraguay, if you do it the wrong way, they will just say, your miner is worth 20,000. Give me, um, and then the customs say, that means you have to pay now 4,000 for the import. And now, if having one machine, you say, okay, fuck you, take take the machine, um, never talk to me again. But if you have like 100 machines in there or 200, and suddenly you're, you invest like a million, for example, and they want 200, 300,000 of you on top. So, you know, you have to navigate these situations and figure all of that out upfront. 
upfront, right? Because in the beginning, everything <laughs> sounds very, very easy. But I want to to um, add one more thing to the question before um, how we like to, to close that um, topic, how we started and how we got to know each other and how um, we started in, in Georgia. When we talked about uh, with Kai, Kai was there, then Luca, we, I talked to Luca and then we made it together, right? In the beginning, we just said, okay, let's, let's mine for ourselves, right? Just... Three machines, everyone, four machines, everyone, and that's it. And then we sent Kai. Kai find a place to do it. It's pretty easy. And Kai was, was like going to the biggest mining farm in, in Georgia and talk to them, right? He's a very nice guy, by the way, Kai, and he can network very well. And they showed him everything. And then he, he showed us pictures where he had like electricity cables, like these really <laughs> like, like let's say, like really like the, the, the dimension of a, of a, um, of a cup. Right and said, yeah, we can mine here. We need about four, uh, seven million for the place and everything. And we were like, Kai, come on, bro, we want to send you five miners. Um, what are you doing, right? <laughs> and but then we, we scaled up because they asked us about it. They they want also to mine. And then we found the company. It was then a pretty organical process. But uh, what you, there, did, um, did you said that it was already a mining facility, or did you converted it? into was it just a place or was it a high performance computing whatever facility or, or, or what, what was it just a piece of was it was it a piece of land with a transformer <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. basically um, most of the time it's most of the time it's just a piece of land without anything it's just mm. like um there's like a, a tree maybe a tree or a little river or something mm -hmm. like that that's more normally the place or the first thing we have in georgia it was a little bit different because georgia was and many people don't know in, in 2016 to 17 was after china the second biggest country to mine bitcoin in, mm. right second or third biggest right and um, it was very huge there so in, in tiflis they have an an area it's a free industrial zone that was just built for bitcoin miners so they have like a long time already, they had these huge mining facilities there. And um, if a Kai comes say, hi, I'm German, I want to mine Bitcoin, they thought, okay, he wants to mine Bitcoin, maybe he's rich, he's German, he has the biggest facility <laughs> we had. The right? best <laughs> Bitcoin quality ever being mined when it's yeah, done yeah. by Germans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we, in the end, we had a very, we started with a small, it was a much smaller size um, facility and where, yeah, where we basically did everything ourselves, right? We we uh, painted the walls, we built everything up, and we showed it to the people. And yeah, it was it was very very small in the beginning. But how did you finance this? Because when you say, okay, this is the facility, we need like seven million to get starting. I mean, if I look around in my friends. <laughs> day and ask him hey would you like to invest seven million in my business most of my friends don't have that money so how did you start with this <laughs> why not that's a that's a very good question but i think it's so hard to see to like in reality to give you a a, a real picture and the answer mm -hmm. of your question is going into the car and driving through the country and go to meetups of The people of miners, traders, you know, you know, these like movements, right? And you talk to 100 and 200 people and 190 people are people you don't work with because you have a lack of interests or not the same, the same interests. But there are like one or two people who might have mined or have, a, a, I don't know, a small mining facility and stuff. So step by step, looking, going through the whole, we went through the whole country in the, in the mountains and we lived in Georgia. 
And at the end, we have been there, we visited and we were looking for it. And we had the mining fa facility. And if you go for mining facility, it sounds like a sick high professional marathon facility for 7 million. No, um, we met miner in Georgia who mined in their flat to heat up their house or their like, I don't know how it's called, where the chickens are. And this mm -hmm. is like style. And it's uh, ridiculous. And also, I mean, for example, when it comes to transformers, and um, we have many, uh, many small transformers everywhere, right? Also like in Munich and everywhere, small transformers. And they, they just, just uh, get like uh, the connection to the transformers for their mining, for their small mining facilities in abandoned houses, for example. We met people like that. So of course, it's not like there is a huge professional thing. So we started very slowly, very easily and um, scaled like organically and um, step by step. So we don't start it with an investment of 1 million or so. We just also had to test all the suppliers, right? We also got scammed as well, by the way. It's not that we didn't get scammed, like we got scammed as well. So yeah, so it's step by step. The reality, the real picture is much more easier than you think. Now it's another story. So, so fundraising was not really one of your main key activities or something like that at the beginning. No, no. Mm, okay. Like in the beginning, we didn't. We we were also yeah. We, we had we now it's a little bit different. So we raised funds, but this was later. Mm. And but in the beginning, we did it all with our own money, out of our pockets, um, no loans, no investors, nothing. Mm. Typical Bitcoiner startup. <laughs> important for for the halving yeah, coming yeah. up right yeah. if, if if things happen in the halving you need to have a certain amount of time where you or you need to be prepared right your costs need to be very very low so that's very important that's why we will in our company history we never took one and we will never take um, loans hmm. so okay. nobody we know owe nobody anything one last sentence regarding um regarding the mining facility we, we talked about um, uh, markets and barriers right entry barriers the entry barriers for mining is low And when, when we, when we get this perspective, because and um, founding a company can, everybody can found a company. Everybody can rent a place and plug in a miner. So the entry barrier in this, in this logic is very, very low. But to build a company in, in each branch, if it's mining or automotive, I don't, I, every branch is, is the hard point of, uh, about it. And the, the biggest issue we are facing, except the company driven, stuff is reputation and trust right and mm. this is what we build like every single day and every customer is expecting like it, for example german customers are expecting the highest service because they're used to it in germany and are complaining about pricing and this and in this area you have to build trust and reputation and this is this is the hardest this is the hardest thing of all if you're a good um, entrepreneur you still cannot buy trust. Yeah. How do you do that? I mean, how, how, do you, how do you communicate and transport trust? I mean, if trust seems to be like one of your key resources that you, that you, that you build your business on, how, how, how do you do that? It's, it's, e it's easy to build or, or to say how to build trust, right? Like every customer of ours, we take very serious. If he has one miner or if he has 200 miners, doesn't matter. Mm. They can call us, they, they can see us, they can visit our mining farms and we talk to them, right? And every issue that is there, we dispel that. For example, what many other companies don't do, they don't provide the actual serial numbers for the miners. Mm. But say, yeah, we have a miner here, here you have a miner. But you don't know 
do you really have a miner? That means what we do is like we give them all the documentation of the miner so they can check it independently. We have on our website dashboards where they can see the miners and also advanced dashboards where they can go down to, to the level of the temperature of a chip and like control everything. And it's hard and it's, it's a little bit like Bitcoin. You need time for it. It's not, you can't build trust in one day. It's not possible. You need to do it month after month, week after week, day after day. And every day, and with all the passion you have. But for me, for my, from because I I know the space. I know how many scammers are out there and everything. That means your reputation is the biggest thing, and um, you do everything about it. And it's easy in the end if you do everything clean and 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 regularly. There is you know there is no problem mm. in the end. But you need to go there. You need to have customers who talk about it and and see that. So do no shady things. Be present. Talk to the people in person. Meet them and let everybody who wants see their miner or visit the facility. Yeah, that's that, that's true. Because when I when I first thought about starting with mining, I wanted to do it in as a hosted service somewhere else. And I thought about it and I talked with someone about it. And just the first person that said, Oh, I feel they are scammy. I wouldn't trust this company was enough for me at that point to say, Okay, maybe not. Because you're talking about, at the time, you were talking about 12,000 euro investment with a miner being delivered four months in the future because they're not, they were not available. And then you're like, yeah, that needs to, they, they, you need to have a lot of trust that this is the right thing. And just one person saying, no, this is a scam, even though it might, may not be. Is enough. It's it. It's it's above yes. about the most affordable loss. Yeah. You you want you want to have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially in our industry, there were so many scams before, right? You're very very careful. If somebody says, "Oh, please uh, be careful about Binance," for example, you know what happens. Like many people maybe stay, but a lot of the Bitcoiners say, "Fuck Binance. Um, I will not go there. I I will play safe." And this is the thing. And this is also a thing where maybe I think many Bitcoins will disagree with me. I think. I know Bitcoin is trustless, right? But if you want a hyper-Bitcoinization or stuff like that, you will need some sort of trust in, in different things. For example, my mother, you can't expect from her to, to run her own wallet. She, she's not capable of it. She can't even, like, if, if she wants to change the size of the font on, 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 on Word, <laughs> she needs me for that. And that's what it is, right? Um, you need some kind of trust to, 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 to somebody. And I trust my mother and my mother trusts me. So why shouldn't I do it for her? Even if she's not the owner of the keys, let's say, not, not, not your keys, not your coins, but the key of your son, maybe your coins, right? So you need like to, to, to be with the trustless factor of it. You need some level of trust. This is what it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring that yeah. message at the moment. Maybe in the future, but we're talking about today. And today we're living in the fiat world, no matter if you like it or not, it is what it is. And the principle of mass adoption, um, not in Bitcoin, not only in Bitcoin, you need applications. You need them no matter what. So otherwise you would never solve the problem like of the infrastructure and the trust um, problem, Timo explained. So mass adoption needs systems um, and application. That's a fact. So to to wrap it up a little bit again and and i'd like to go to a bit more um the side of your customers and stuff like that the products and services you provide is one you first is like you mine bitcoin for your own purposes like you you mine bitcoin providing security and trust to the bitcoin users and network by that 
But on the other hand, you're offering a hosting service for mining machines of third party, like of, of you're, you're selling space in the mining rigs to people who like to mine Bitcoin for their own. What else do, uh, do you offer? What, you're selling mining machines, for example, hardware, something like that, or software or, or controllers or, or anything like that. Or is that the, the, the basic offering of uh, Munich International Mining? Yeah, I would say just one sentence, then Luca can take over. And um, what we basically sell is we sell miners. You can um, buy miners from us mm -hmm. for very cheap pricing, cheaper than, for example, on the website of Bitmain, mm -hmm. and send it to, to Europe, to, to Germany, if you want to mine. Or you can buy miners from us and let them host or place it in our facility, right? For now, or maybe you want to send it home to you later. This is very on the very basic level what we do. And um, on the on the on the hosting side, we of course provide a little bit more what's into it. This is like the security uptime guarantee so that your machine is really running, mm -hmm. uh, maintenance of your machine and all the infrastructure around it, dashboards where you can see mach your machine and you can If, if you place machine at our of our facility, you can put in your, if you want to, your own pool data, right? You can create an all pool account, let's say, for example, at F2 pool or brains or whatever. And um, you put in the links and your miner is mining for you. And then we have other customers who are like more in it for the money. These are like, especially the, the bigger companies. They buy 100 miners, for example. They don't care about the pool, right? They say, take care of it, do it. Uh, we just take the Bitcoin. And this are different things, but this is basically on the level. Uh, yeah, that's what we do. And sometimes we do some consulting stuff, but this like very, mm. very rarely. If somebody wants to build up their own mining facility, sometimes um, we get inquiries, inquiries, or if people want to start mining in, in Paraguay with like 2,000 miners, right? Then our facility is not the fit for them. They want cheaper price or whatever. Then we do some consulting there, but this is our services. It's mainly uh, but but, but you're, then you're charging for the consulting, or you just live off a cut of uh, selling the machines on the. Uh, the... Uh, oh yeah, so the business model is pretty easy. We buy this electricity a little bit cheaper, then we sell it. Like if you want to start mining with us today and pay seven point five cents with us mm. per kilowatt hour, we buy that a little bit uh, cheaper, and um, there in there is our profit, and in there is also the the whole service. Okay, but but I mean for the consultant, the consultancy is then part of the package, or is it you're, you're selling your time? as a consultant that's selling time but yeah, this okay. is like something we don't really yeah it's it's not our main focus if somebody comes then we also have a high price for it because it's in the end it needs to make sense for us and um, most of the time it doesn't so we put a price on it that's so high that you want to do it <laughs> in the end so don't come to us for consulting unless you're willing to pay the, the price okay now i'm curious how much is it <laughs> uh, okay, you like comes comes to the individual basis. So I would say um one like for example a project which will go over a month will go to the yeah I would say about one hundred thousand euros. But this of course, but this is only people coming to us. They want to deploy like let's say ten million dollars mm. and um, want to build up real big things. So then that doesn't so they that, then that price is okay for them. But if somebody wants to build up thirty miners, yeah. I mean, and build I, everything up I mean, itself. it doesn't make sense, right, to uh, to ask us to build that up for you or, or to help you um, run the project. I mean, at, at times uh, in M and A processes and stuff like that, doing the due diligence for selling a company worth uh, $200 million, dollars, two million for the due diligence is nothing. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, Peter, at this point, we don't offer. And we are not yeah. selling consultants um, services, consultancy services. Um, we are specialized on hosting, miners, and reselling. 
And for now, this is it actually. But for the future, we have our product, like different, different types of product in mind. And I think we are launching in the next month a few, a few products for also to reach out to people like a bit more to the mass and also a bit more to like in Germany. And um, so stay tuned. Um, but this is not what we can talk about today. <laughs> but is it, is it more private people that just want to buy one, two, three miners? Or is it more like institutional investors that like want to get rid of a lot of their money on a good return on investment? I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, we are not um, in terms of like, And our perspective, like Timo Mine and, and stuff, we are a big mining a mining farm, right? We have hundreds of machines and megawatts in different countries allocated. But in terms of a miner, right? When you go to like on exchange, trade exchange, and we are very small, like we are kind of a boutique miner, right? So the people have like gigawatts. Gigawatts. I mean, it's 1,000 megawatts. For example, they they have there's one project like 10 megawatts or 20 megawatts. Um, our facility are roughly one facilities between one and five megawatts, and we have different facilities, uh, many facilities. So our customers are um, people, and we want to give them access. People who we I think we won't ever skip like people coming to us with one miner. So they're coming with one miners and the most people have one miner and the more miner, the less customer we have, right? So the, the, in, in, in the midfield is, let's say, three to 10 miners. Many people have like one or two miner testing and stuff. And we have a, a few people like having 50, 100, 300 miners and stuff like that. So, so this is yeah. like the bench. And um, what, Pete, what, what, what Timo said, we're taking like the guy with one miner and with 500 miner, they have like get the same attention. And this is what I wanted to say in building trust. Every customer of Munich International Mining has even either my mobile number or Timo's. Mm. Okay, but, but you still found the time to, to, to record this podcast episode with us. That's why it's <laughs> yes, and you know why? Because we make good service. People don't have to complain, right? They don't yeah. have to call all the time. Because in the end, it's it's like like expected. Like even yeah. if there's some delays or whatever, um, in the end, it's expected. And I want to add one more very important point: why like why it's so important, right? That so many people mine Bitcoin because I hear so often in Germany, ah, oh, it doesn't make sense to mine, right? And you give all that upside you have there a way to uh, companies like good everybody loves now blackrock because they make an etf but in the end it's blackrock so you know they are so heavily invested into mining and you see that these these mining companies get bigger 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 right and um, they they get less 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 but in my opinion bitcoin is about decentralization right everybody as in my world if i can choose one thing today i would choose that the Bitcoin mining industry with the big companies get destroyed and everybody gets one miner at home. And everybody in the world just mines with his own miner or his PC or whatever, how it was intended. But now it all gets clustered together by the big companies and everybody saying, yeah, you don't need to mine, don't care about it. But you need, you should care about it and you should own a bit of the hash rate and you should do it just for the idea of Bitcoin and you should be able to control the, the pool and, and change where it goes and don't have like hundreds Uh, let's say what do we have at the moment we have like 
20 pools and the like the only the top eight are relevant you know what i mean i think this is for decentralized system not the best so everybody should mine in my opinion and this is what we offer to the people that even people with low cap like with no money let's say or, or very less money um, have the opportunity to do it I, I would like to because we won't have time for everything and there are a bunch of questions so we for sure we'll need a follow-up uh, a second a second round sure on this topic like for example look at the initial question that we discussed in in prague was why an influx of huge amounts of customers isn't that helpful for you is something that we should cover how owning the sure. land and electricity in different countries makes up for different future business models like with mcdonald's where they don't actually have burgers as their main business but real estate as their main business and how this might change stuff and there are a lot of things but i would like to go into this decentralization and how to start a mining business part You said that when you started in Georgia, you basically, you were kind of bootstrapping. You were going from door to door, meetup to meetup, talking to all the people that had just one miner and asked them, okay, do you want to have better prices by putting it in our facility, trying to get everything together, start on a very low basis? My assumption would be that if you were the, the less professional, the less scaled up you are the less experienced you are in the mining field the higher your prices for your mining facilities will be and the more bitcoin matures and advances and the more mining advances in a in the, as, the, as an industry the higher the price pressure will be so you need to be at lower prices so the main question is if you look at how the things are today can people still start mining as a bootstrap like you did or is the market too competitive for that already and how do you see the future for just starting a mining company bootstrap style well that's a very hard question and it's good question very, very hard to answer by the way because it there are so many factors in it right um factors like bitcoin price difficulty and everything but let's 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 keep that aside for the moment right and i would say 100 you can 100 you can and you should And you and you should, right? Because if Bitcoin mining doesn't exist and it's not decentralized and not many people are doing it, we don't have Bitcoin, right? And we only talk today because um, also you're you're into Bitcoin, right? And and all the ecosystem, um, like the 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 basis is is of course as well the, the mining part. And the more people do it, and they they should, but the people are always. I think you won't ask the question. Maybe you will do it. But most people ask that question when we are in markets where it's competitive and and like the the, the profit is not that high. If we go to times where we are on all time highs and your machine produces for you like one thousand dollar a month in 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 fiat terms, then everybody thinks yeah it's easy. It's the best time to start Bitcoin mining, right? But the best time to start Bitcoin mining is right now because at the moment you can buy mining machines and below their production value. You can like now is the time to start. It's it's the time to start in 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 these markets and then if the price goes up and up and up and up then you should your facility should be ready and not and you should not start when the price is up pretty easy so um yes it's possible it's it's hard it was hard before but it's definitely possible and if we can facilitate or help there like we do our part for the people who don't want to build their own or don't want to own their own mining farm they just want to have the upside of owning machines that are undervalued at the moment and maybe sell them later 
or want to make money by mining Bitcoin, because if you mine Bitcoin at the moment, you mine it for less than it's worth. Like at the moment, um, our customers have on average a cost to mine of about $20,000. Bitcoin at the moment is, I don't know exactly what, I don't check every day. It's like 26,000, I don't know. 27 just right now. 27, okay, nice. So you see the difference. This is why Bitcoin mining makes sense. And we offer that for people who want to start the mining company and not owning their own facility because you can start your mining company with us, for example. You can say, I'm a mining company today and buy 20 miners and, and you will it will be much more better for you in, in terms of profit if you put the miners to us than building up something yourself if you want to if you want, want to mine with 20 miners because you don't need to buy it. Just so I got this correctly, the, the suggestion you're making is if you want to have a full mining facility, that's kind of hard. So use existing mining facilities where the miners are actually owned by you at one miner yes. at a time or later more at a time until you have enough to just take all of them into your own mining facility and then you have your own mining facility and then from there you kind of do the same collect miners put them somewhere else and then once you have enough miners put them in an own facility and by that become slowly able to profitably and yes. efficiently start providing facility services yes but only if you really, if you want to take the miners out and go to your own facility, only if you want to live there and you really want to build a mining farm. Yeah. Because we have customers, they want to build a mining farm, but they don't want to live there. They want to, don't want to stay there. This is like tragedy incoming. This will, won't go well. Hmm. I promise you, if you're not on site, it won't work. It's, it's very simple, uh, Martin and Peter. People have, have, it's very difficult to even even sustain a relationship with friends even though you're in the same city how the hell will you manage a thousand miner worth millions of dollars in kazakhstan when you're sitting in munich in an office like it's impossible yeah so you have to be there and you, you have to live there or at least you need trustworthy part trustworthy partner friends um, going with you through this and secondly addition to what timo says the problem also for mining farms is like to get capital like your rate of like investors people with much money it's not it's not a proof that they know what they're talking about so it's um, it's very easy to raise money in bull markets right because in bull markets everybody is like happy and seeing like gains and stuff so you're in, you're raising you're raising money in the bull markets and you're building the facility in the bear markets and for us for example if you're starting now in the bear markets or even earlier, like after a crash where actually you have to raise the money and to get capital for the mining facility, nobody will give it to you. Who the hell will give you a like like um, a million dollars after a crash? Hmm. Yeah. In, in in our space, of course, if we if you talk to smart money and um, they know that, of course, they are they are investing when it's after the crash, because they are gaining in the trend in the bull market or even in the, in, in the in blase, in the blow, in the, you know, bubble. but, but in, in, you need the, in, in the bubble. Yeah. But you need the money in the bear markets and this is where you raise it and you don't get the market. You, we don't have the connection to um, VCs in the bear markets and providing us with um, uh, 1 million uh, euros. So that's why we had to start with 10 miners. Or five. Mm -hmm. This is the this is the reason. The reason is because you don't. Um, how do you build a mining farm in the bear market? It's so hard for newcomers. 
just like even though we are already at over one hour recording time now and and uh, trying to get it to an end it definitely deserves a follow-up i bet there's one last topic i at least want uh to uh, place it here in this in this round as like what we've been talking and discussing a lot about and i've been talking on conferences on that topic which is all about this esg and bitcoin mining as the cornerstone or let's say keystone to reducing pollutions like uh, climate gases uh, climate gas emissions and stuff like that or as a flexibility as a service for grid operating companies like in sweden uh, since the year of 2014 i guess proof of work mining facilities are kind of a uh, at least this is what uh, one of the uh, the ex um, physical power manager said one of the keystones that that makes it possible to to add up more wind energy which is difficult to handle uh, only because of proof of work mining facilities do those kind of customers belong to your uh, to your business are there companies like using mining facilities to consume energy of the last resort or to to gain flexibility for electricity overloads peaks yeah like this topic like for example the grid balancing topic is a topic hmm. that's for us very natural right because we use it or we, we do it already since years but sometimes you don't even know because you get cheap electricity price and say then then the Electricity provider says to you, okay, we guarantee you the uptime of this electricity for like 50%. This is, this is already grid balancing, right? Because then if they need more, they, 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 they cut you off. So um, like that, that's a very natural thing. And it's not a thing, in my opinion, that um, needs to be focused on because an electricity provider will naturally, it will come to them and they will do it either they say yeah proof of work mining is it or they say hey take our electricity but you only have it 50 percent of the time it's very cheap right so it's it's not in my opinion not a, fo a thing we you need really to focus on it's happened naturally and esg um let's say for the esg friendliness of of the mining there's like also like the social aspect on it and let's say for example in our facilities in paraguay we we have a lot of people that have jobs now that didn't have jobs before right Mm. And this is, let's say, also for these, because we are we are not in, in, in Europe, right? We're not mining in Europe. We're mining um, in, in, in Latin and in Africa and, and yeah, UAE. We, we provide um, real real world. Let's say, now we see the, the impact. We really see the impact of Bitcoin mining there because people have jobs. They're happy. They, they, they like to work with us as a company because... In my opinion, we are good the company, and and uh, I think all your employees see it as well. They like, for example, Paraguay. They send their their children to better schools and stuff like that. So we see the real world social impact on it, the grid balancing, and like the solutions. There's also a very unpopular opinion. Um, so let's let's bring it out there. Um, don't hate, please don't hate me. But the grid balancing, it's a problem, of course, one hundred percent. But there are solutions already. So there are other solutions, and. And there always will be. Whereas problem, there will be a solution. No country in the world will risk blackouts. And Bitcoin mining can be and will be a huge benefit to that um, in addition to other things. But this will come so naturally because it makes sense. And things that make sense will come 100%. Nothing to, 
to worry about or to to focus um, around it it will just happen and you see it in all the other countries already they do it some call it grid balancing programs like in the us where you get money if you turn off others say it's it's modular energy like in paraguay where they give you a cheap price but they have the right to turn you off Call it what you want, but grid balancing for Bitcoin mining is there already. Yeah. I mean, in other words, this is these points are not buzzwords for us. You know, like we are working with the governments um, sometimes also in Paraguay. We are doing grid balancing. The energy is green. We don't have to sell it as green energy. Everybody, this is transparent information for everybody because Bitcoin miners go where the, um, the electricity or energy is available or even um, surplus of energy and sustainable energy. So yeah, this is this is kind of like our normal working environment. So, but is it really like that? Like as the the the, the story, the narrative of the Bitcoiners is always, yeah, uh, Bitcoin drives the adoption of, of of clean and green energy because that is, is so far the mostly the, the the cheapest source of energy. Which I'm convinced I'm I'm in that green tech business for 20 years almost already, but I don't run a mining facility abroad. <laughs> And yeah. uh, so is it like, what could you say? Like uh, what, what percentage of the energy your business consumes is sourced by climate neutral sources? It depends on the location in Paraguay. It's, it's or, or like, let's say over all our mining facilities, it's 89% or something like that. And uh, we have in, in one facility a little bit um, that get less, it's less and less of what is not sustainable energy. But um, people like in the Bitcoin space, green energy and facilities are not being built up because of Bitcoin mining, right? They built up because of other motivations. Mm. The motivations are a better future. And Bitcoin mining won't like help that motivation because they don't care about the, mo the motivation is there already. So the Bitcoin mining can help that, but it's not, it will, it will, but it's so as such a natural thing to happen that we don't even talk about it, right? Like. People say, yeah, why don't you do um, and grid balancing? I heard some podcasts of you where I talk about and, and think, yeah, we do it because it's, it's just natural, right? So, and then also if you ask about the energy source from us and if it's all natural, some things, um, there's a question mark. Um, is it natural? Like is hydropower 100 or, or is it not natural? Is it like such good source of electricity? For example, we have a flare gas project, a small flare gas project in, in, in Canada where energy comes from the gas that should or needs to be burned or to, to use with electricity or we use it, right? Is that green? I don't know. I, I, I think it's somewhere in between. It's not so easy to say if something is, is green electricity or not. Like hydropower, for example, if you have these huge dams, they um uh, that, 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 that is pretty clear. That's pretty pretty simple to answer. I mean if if you if you could replace something by just consuming it up and reducing emissions that has been there, like for burning the gas, not clean, converting it to burn it cleaner by using yes. a generator, powering a mining yes, machine, yes. for example, yeah, then you are reducing. It's not, it's not, it, by that it's not clean energy, but, it, but, but you're reducing climate gas emissions, for example. Mm. Yes, true. Now I give you the, the counterpoint to that. And this is why is the gas there in the beginning, right? It's there because somebody is producing oil down the sure. street, right? So, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. And, and the other thing is also a recycling thing. We had one, we in, in we saw one mining farm. It was it's crazy. 
you know what they do. They take um, all tires, the all tires from cars, they do some kind of um, chemical process with it, so it gets into a liquid, and this they burn that. Uh, they in they do generators. they do that here in 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 in, 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 the, in on the countryside behind Cologne in the Bergische Land. I know on it, I don't know how many farmers. Yeah. Everybody burns their old tractor tires there in in their yeah. uh, heaters because they have this everything burners and don't yeah, don't, don't give it don't yeah. give it. Uh, let's say it's, the effort. Is that green? It's recycling. Is that yeah. green? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't answer. It's, it's for me. For me, it's I, I'm like a simple person. You know, I see a thing that's running, and there's coming a lot of smoke out for me. That that doesn't feel green at all. Maybe this. I don't know. Maybe stupid on it. But if I see like a water uh, a hydropower plant, and the water is coming down, and and the river is running all the time, this of course is, is for me green. And for example, in Paraguay, it's crazy. They have like these huge tubes where they produce the water. Or where they produce electricity, and um, there are some videos out there, and and you see these, and every one of these tubes produce electricity um, worth of of one nuclear power plant. And there are fourteen of those. Now it's people underestimate how um, much electricity these green projects can produce, also like solar fans. So because so many say, ah, nuclear's gone, we're doomed. Um, no, we aren't. Like the other things also. <laughs> pretty good electricity and then with grid balancing and taking the electricity it's 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 a good thing with bitcoin but in the end i think the big problem is not taking the electricity the big problem is in that times where the electricity isn't there to provide more electricity and this is a problem what bitcoin can't solve because bitcoin mining can't produce electricity we can't just take electricity yeah. Some, sometimes people yeah and maybe peter and um, to answer um, also the second part of your question because you said we're a, a bit running out of time because you uh, were asking if our customer also do have like uh, needs uh, or, or are miners or are and um, have project like recycling or um, using the the energy or the heat of the miners and stuff like that right and um, yes, of course, we we have um, people from Switzerland and from all over Europe, not in Latin America. It's like all, all are into it, like mining, very profitable. But there are like energy projects in Germany and in Switzerland and in all over Europe where we provide them with kind of a bit consultancy, right? What Timo mentioned before. And maybe also we provide them with a consultancy regarding hardware and selling them hardware and importing for them for their projects. And of course, they're using like the heat for, I, we heard like pools, hotels. There are also like startups in Austria who are doing like heat um, products. Uh, I think you know them. And like the Max. And but there are also people like using the, the, the heat for like, uh, like warehouses, like Gewächshäuser, right? But at the end, greenhouses, right. But at the end, on the mining perspective, you have uh, you have you need like very cheap electricity, like the calculation, the mixed calculation from recycling the heat and the energy has to make it still profitable. And what people are underestimating, the miner has to be online like at least 90, 95 more percent to get the miner paid off in the future, because otherwise we just can buy bitcoins. Yeah. This is so complex. And we haven't had, like, we would be so happy to work with people. Like, pe many people are talking about project, green project and stuff. But we would really appreciate to see a full working project, how it's calculated and how the numbers are, because we are highly interested in taking part and supporting these projects. But we are not, we are Bitcoin miners, right? So, I don't know, maybe you can reach out to people like that and having uh, some podcasts about it. 
where it really works not as a model rather than really a business model and that would be amazing yes and kind of these customers we also serve right yeah shout out to 21 energy by the way yes. great it's like one of these products um like for for retailers to to heat their homes or as also for others to to heat like heating solutions this is like a great thing but this is as a bitcoin miner as a bitcoin miner like like we think about 1000 machines this is so and so much petahash in 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 mining power and even if you sell like 2000 of the um uh, heaters in mining perspective this is like very it's just a very small percentage of hash rate mm. right so um for us it's uh, it's like such a great project and um, for to have like uh, more decentralized world, it's good. But we love to see these big projects that are really working with heat or whatever. And with big projects, we're talking about like 50, 100 or even 1,000 machines. And at the moment, we're seeing all the small, nice first steps into the field in, in Europe. And I pray that they can they can make it and they, they find a, a successful business model and can scale that up. But maybe I'm too long into the business. I'm or like like I don't know like 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 a boomer in the Bitcoin mining and can't I, I can't picture it at the moment really. We will see. Um, There will be episodes on stuff like that in the future. Nice. For now, as mentioned, this episode has been longer than planned, uh, and we will need a second <laughs> one anyway. So thank you, Timo. Thank you, Luca. Where can people find you if people now say I want to buy a Bitcoin miner and have them hosted in? An environment with people that I trust because I've seen them on a trustful podcast. Where can they reach you? Yeah, and they just go on a website like mim.farm. Very easy. You can, there is a number you can call um, very easy, or you write an email to info at mim.farm or to luca at mim.farm and then um, i get in contact with you and um, answer the questions and you can start by the way mining within 24 hours if you choose uh, with us mining because uh, we have a very good um, offer right now where you can start immediately so no waiting for a month or something <laughs> very good then thank you very much are you in are you going to be in innsbruck as well at the btc 23 Of course, of course. We take every BTC. Yeah. You can see me and Luca in person, and we will also um, bring um, some of our employees from, from Georgia. It will be like also for our company because we're so remote everywhere. It will be a nice um, gathering together. So um, please join, um, have fun, visit us at our booth, and hopefully everybody in Germany starts mining now. <laughs> Very good. With us or with <laughs> If you don't have a ticket yet for one or both of the events, Bitcoin Effect is the code uh, for cheaper tickets. And yeah, thank you very much. Thank you as well for having us. Keep on building on Bitcoin. Absolutely. Thank you.